Good day, everyone. It's September 2nd, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where we are being spiritually exercised, progressively reading through the Old and New Testaments concurrently, and spending moments of reflection upon each day's passage in the One Year Bible. We also engage with the book of Psalms, where we hear the echo of human heart cries, and then we conclude our time drawing from the Bible's treasure chest of wisdom in the book of Proverbs, where we have found a proverb a day keeps foolishness away and there is much foolishness in the world today. Today we are beginning our 21st book in the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes. This book offers the unique perspective on natural philosophy, highlighting its limits. In contrast to the worldview that is offered to us through the gospel, where through faith in Christ we receive a new life through the new birth and become part of a new creation destined for a new heaven and a new earth, The book of Ecclesiastes describes a world in which there is nothing new under the sun, a world as it is seen in a natural light, and the report is that all is vanity. Humankind at its best estate in Adam is vanity. Jesus said, Apart from me you can do nothing. However, if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, rather than walking according to our old inheritance in Adam, we are called to walk according to our new inheritance in Christ. Rather than walking in the light of natural philosophy, we are walking in the light of the revelation of God's Word and the finished work of Christ and His cross. As we have read in the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 4, therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. So let's keep this in mind as we read the book of Ecclesiastes. This book highlights our need for the greater and truer wisdom from above, the light of the world, the Son of Righteousness who arises with healing in His wings, and in His light we shall see light. So let's read this book together, the book of Ecclesiastes, beginning with chapter 1, verse 1, and I am reading from the English Standard Version. And the title that the ESV gives this chapter is All is Vanity. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north, around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness, a man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with singing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, See, this is new? It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things, yet to be among those who come after. The Vanity of Wisdom I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem. 
and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me, and my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to no wisdom and to no madness and folly. I perceived that this also is but a striving after wind. For in much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Chapter 2. The Vanity of Self-Indulgence I said in my heart, Come now, I will test you with pleasure, enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, It is mad, and of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. The Vanity of Living Wisely So I turned to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do who comes after the king? Only what has already been done. Then I saw that there is more gain in wisdom than in folly, and there is more gain in light than in darkness. The wise person has his eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. And yet I perceived that the same event happens to all of them. Then I said in my heart, What happens to the fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? And I said in my heart that this also is vanity. For of the wise as of the fool there is no enduring remembrance, seeing that in the days to come all will have been long forgotten. How the wise dies just like the fool. So I hated life, because what is done under the sun was grievous to me, for all is vanity and a striving after wind. The Vanity of Toil I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me, and who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned about 
and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun, because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and the striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also, I saw, is from the hand of God, for apart from him who can eat or who can have enjoyment. For to the one who pleases him God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner he has given the business of gathering and collecting, only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. Chapter 3. A Time for Everything For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. The God-Given Task What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor nothing taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before Him. That which is, already has been. To that which is to be, already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. From dust to dust. Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and for every work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them, that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over the beasts, for all is vanity. All go to one place. All are from the dust, and to dust all return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes down to the earth? So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? And this concludes our reading from this portion of the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes needs to be understood in its proper context. The word Ecclesiastes is the Latin derivative of the Hebrew word Koheleth, 
The ESV translates it, the preacher. I prefer the translation, the reporter. And it is also translated, the teacher, or the speaker in an assembly. The book is attributed to King Solomon. Solomon is a man who seemingly has everything a person could want. He has all that people would think would bring satisfaction, the good life, wisdom, power, riches, fame, and favor, and yet he describes the emptiness of it all. Ecclesiastes is a picture of natural philosophy. The reporter describes life under the sun, life as it is seen under natural light without special revelation. There is nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9. This is a contrast to life under the Son of God. It is interesting that Ecclesiastes, the vanity of vanities, is followed by the Song of Songs, which describes a relationship that does satisfy, the relationship of the shepherd king and his bride, a picture of Christ and his church. It is true that the Song of Solomon celebrates the delights of the wedded life, yet Jesus claimed that the Scriptures testify of Him. He is the greater shepherd king, the greater bridegroom, and He is the greater reporter than the reporter of Ecclesiastes, who reports on the life that satisfies rather than the life that dissatisfies. The book of Ecclesiastes describes the successive stages in the search for happiness. He starts off examining all the lying vanities, The result is a penitent turning to a life beyond the sun. The conclusion, when all has been heard, is, Fear God and keep His commandments, because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. In chapter 1, Solomon reports that all is vanity. The word is used 38 times in the book of Ecclesiastes, and it means what is left after a bubble bursts, emptiness, vapor, and futility. Life is a chasing after the wind. It is a chasing after that which does not satisfy. All things are wearisome. Man is not able to tell it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 8. People may have their fifteen minutes of fame, but soon will be forgotten. Soon the bubble bursts, and there is no more. There is no remembrance of earlier things, and also of the later things which will occur. There will be for them no remembrance among those who will come later still. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 11. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 2 through 18, he reports as a man of science. Science cannot explain everything, nor does it have all the answers, nor will science alone solve the problem of the emptiness and futility of life under the sun. In chapter 2, he reports as a man of pleasure. Satisfaction is elusive to those pursuing entertainment, in verses 1 through 3. Architecture, beautiful houses and gardens, in verses 4 through 6. Many employees, in verse 7. Much wealth, in verse 8. Musical talent and fame, in verses 8 and 9. He also sees that the wisdom of men gets them no further than the fool. In the end, both wise and foolish will die. We can labor to be in control of our lives, yet this too is meaningless. In chapter 2, verse 19, life's vain pursuits can make you anxious and leave you weary. The reporter recognizes that there are simple God-given pleasures for the natural man to rejoice in. He extols the wonders of common grace, but these become God's. They become what people live for. They become lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 4, 
Gourmet food, wine, good jobs, accumulating wealth is what life is all about, nothing more. He has the satisfaction of a job well done and good food and drink. There is nothing better for a man than to eat and drink and tell himself that his labor is good. This also I have seen that it is from the hand of God, in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 24. That is, it is common grace. In verse 26, For to a man who is good in his sight, he has given wisdom and knowledge and joy, while to the sinner he has given the task of gathering and collecting, so that he may give to one who is good in God's sight. This too is vanity and striving after wind. But there is something more. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 starts with the familiar, There is a time for everything. Satisfaction from work is limited in chapter 3 verse 9, and so also is our ability to contemplate God in verse 11. Do you know people who settle for a natural philosophy that falls short of realizing God's choice purposes for their humanity? Many people falsely believe that this is all that there is to life. The reporter, or preacher, puts forth this natural philosophy in these words. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 12, I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. In the New Testament, Jesus reported on the sobering truth that human justice falls short of divine justice when he speaks about the unjust justices in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. The reporter recognizes this fact also in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Furthermore, I have seen under the sun that in the place of justice there is wickedness, and in the place of righteousness there is wickedness. But we all must be ready for divine justice by clinging to God's provision of mercy in Jesus Christ the Savior. In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 17, I said to myself, God will judge both the righteous man and the wicked man, for a time for every matter and for every deed is there. The believer in the gospel rejects the report that all is vanity because he or she has received a new life in Christ Jesus. Instead of vanity and emptiness, we can experience fullness of joy. Instead of vanities of vanities, we can enjoy the song of songs, a relationship with our Lord and Savior, our Heavenly Bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Now for today's reading from the New Testament, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 6, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 13. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God we commend ourselves in every way, by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. 
Our hearts are wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament, from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Chapter 6 begins with the good news that today is the day of salvation. The time to believe the gospel is now. It is not to be put off. The need to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus is urgent, and forgiveness of sins and eternal life are available. The gospel demands a response. Be reconciled to God. We are not to toss aside God's message. Receive not the grace of God in vain. Paul describes what authentic ministry looks like. The Christian life involves hardship in verses 4 through 10. I like the realistic balance of Paul's self-description as being sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. Paul is pleading for the Corinthian believers to recognize the authenticity of Paul's ministry and open their hearts once again towards him in verses 11 through 13. Psalm 46 is our next stop, and what a wonderful psalm it is. Reading Psalm 46 today will be Peter Healy. Peter has been a great blessing to us in our years of ministry, and we both have offices at the New Life Ministry Center here in Concord, so we are blessed to have him read today. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, and a very present help in trouble. Therefore, We will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Thank you, Peter. Psalm 46 is intimately related to Psalms 47 and 48. They all set out the relationship of God with the holy city, Jerusalem, and his provision for the security of its citizens. In Psalm 46, we see God as a refuge. In Psalm 47, we see God as a ruler. And in Psalm 48, God as our resource. Contrast to the tempestuous commotions in life, God is our stabilizing shelter, our strength, our support, and our security. Memorize this truth. We all need to keep it at hand. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Psalm 46, verse 1. This city is gladdened by the river of supply from the throne, in verse 4. The citizens can take confidence that the Lord is dwelling in their midst. 
verses 8 through 11 anticipate the coming kingdom of God, we can rest secure that he will bring to pass what he has promised. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 46, verse 10. And now for today's reading from the book of Proverbs, we go to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. This proverb reminds us that parents must dare to discipline as they nurture their children in the tender care of the Lord. Foolishness needs to be recognized as such and repented of with reinforcement. Now let us take what we have gleaned in our Bible reading today before the Lord in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to seal it to our hearts. Father, we were prisoners to the futility and emptiness of a life lived under the natural light of the sun. Apart from your word, our lives were a dead-end street. But you, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, have shined into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of your glory in the face of Jesus Christ. You sent forth your truth and your light through the gospel and showed us the sinfulness of our sin and our desperate need for a Savior. Thank you for turning us from darkness and the power of Satan unto yourself. You are our present help in times of trouble. You help us see that, although we still live in a Genesis 3 world with our share of sorrows, you have provided the victory in Christ and have overcome the world. May your love compel us to reach out to others with the hope of the gospel. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, I trust that we have profited from our time together in God's Word today, and I hope that your heart will be rejoicing in the true light that now shines and that you will be turned from all the vanities of vanities to the one who gives us the song of songs. We hope you're enjoying this podcast and feel free to subscribe to it so you get a prompt to continue each day. And if you'd like a written copy of our commentary on each day's portion, you can go to our website, newlife.org. And if you'd like to contact us, you can write us at podcast at newlife.org. So until next time, May the peace of our Lord be with you. Shalom.